I've been asked many times, what are your swing thoughts as you're swinging? Well, I try to flat load my feet so I can snap load my power pack. As long as my number two power accumulator doesn't break down, I can reach maximums, lag, and drag pressure through impact fix. You see, the pivot is the utilization of multiple centers. Golf is geometrically oriented linear force. And if you think of all this, hopefully you'll hit shots like this. Hello and welcome to episode six of Full Swing Thoughts, a podcast about the Netflix docuseries Full Swing. I am Brendan Porath of the Fried Egg and Shotgun Start. I am joined by Andy Johnson of the Similar Outlets and Joseph Lamagna, friend and contributor to the Fried Egg. Uh, but you already knew that probably, unless you just jumped ahead to episode six. Your, your enthusiasm is just off the charts for that for that six intro. I'm trying to just be matter of fact, like Colin Morikawa here. You know, and no, just talk. Uh, no, absolutely not. That's, hey, so episode six. Go ahead. I think what? I think that's your style. What? <laughs> what What's over my head? style? <laughs> right What's my style? I think that's your style. I don't think that's I don't think that's my style. I think that's your style. Oh, the, <laughs> the scripting. Adidas. <laughs> what is that? You know, he was being kind of a dick to the guy. Just be like, I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. Why is he popping the other guy's style? I don't know. This is All one right, of we're many getting into questions it. I have. Episodes, <laughs> episode six is contains the aforementioned Colin Morikawa, Tony Fino. Those are the two main characters. It takes place at the Masters. Good footage of the Masters. We've kind of been wondering, would there be more from their access? Um, good's probably too strong a word, but just more substantive coverage of the Masters. The Open Championship. It's our first real taste of the Open in this this docu series. Um, and then late ads, the 3M and Rocket Mortgage, uh, because Finau was a character. I think I read in one of the reviews, maybe Golf Digest, that like the crews were flying out like Saturday to those events. They were not on site for that, but Finau being a character, they got out to, I'm not sure they even went to Detroit. They were there for Minnesota, it seems like, in the house Saturday night or whatever, but I think that was a late change. Doubt, doubt TPC Sod Farm was on the, uh, set list at the start of this series but they've been adapting to the characters and when they're in contention so joseph you got something to say it looks like you're giggling over there i was just laughing when when scott piercy gets in contention you got to bring the cameras out <laughs> i was just i could not believe how much scott piercy coverage ended up in this freaking doc in the docuseries unbelievable i was howling as they do this narration i there's more scott piercy shots in this show than phil mickelson it's unbelievable how much Scott Piercy made it into the first season of Full Swing? Just it, that might be my favorite little random note from the uh, season. And if you don't know who Scott Piercy is, do what Scott Piercy would do and and do do your own research. <laughs> Scott <Piercy> is. <laughs> Go figure it out. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think those are the nuts and bolts. Um, overarching thoughts. This is again. I would say they're using the similar device that we've seen with two characters at once maybe with different stations in their life, different approaches, different points in their careers, um, but using a similar kind of device of Scheffler, Kepka, um, uh, DJ Fitz is, is more of a physical opposites, but similar kind of thing, two in an episode. What are your overarching thoughts? Joseph, go ahead. All right. Let, yeah, let's, let's get into it. I think I've been, trying to, I've been having some trouble formulating my thoughts on this show as I've been going through it. I think it's starting to crystallize, and this episode really helped me figure that out. I thought the episode was really bad. I learned a lot, and I actually still enjoyed the episode because of the figures that were 
in this episode, Tony Finau and Colin Morikawa. But I think this Netflix show has failed in some pretty important ways. One of those, I think it's failed to tell these players' backstories. And that's something that I've been reflecting upon as we've go. Th- I don't think we've learned that much about many of these players. And Tony Finau in particular, they got into it a little, a little bit on his background. But there are some major anecdotes that I know about Tony Finau from following the sport that they never included. Things like his mom driving him to an event and them sleeping in the car because they didn't have enough money for a hotel and she didn't eat for three days because they didn't ha- they only had enough money for Tony to have a couple hamburgers. Like I don't know all of the details of, of Finau's background, but I didn't think it it's done. I don't think the Netflix show has done a lot of justice to how these guys grew up. And I think that's a big part of a lot of players' stories. Other thing on this episode, I, I don't think the theme worked here at all. What tied Finau and Morikawa together. The theme here sort of being distractions versus focus oh. and Finau's family traveling with him and how that might be a distraction versus Colin Morikawa, who's this ultra focused guy who only travels with his wife and his dog. Don't think it worked at all. And would also call out that the episode was called Don't Get Bitter, Get Better, Better, which is sort of a reference to Tiger. And Tiger's mentioned a few times, but has nothing to do with this focus versus distraction narrative. I think the episode really missed on the theme, but I still enjoyed it because we learned more about two of the most, I think, compelling figures in the game. So you learned more, but you're still saying they're not doing enough to tell the backstories. And when you say yes. backstories, are you talking about like their personal stories, not like their competitive arc of I went through Corn Ferry, this, that, or the other? You're talking about sort of their childhood and where they came from competitively both. or I mean, both? Yeah, yeah, both. I want to see the range that some of these guys hit on as kids. Like, I, they don't give you a whole lot of that. Go ahead, Andy. I mean, they got a little bit into Finau. It was a dabble, but it was more about their current life. And I think like that's, for the most part, what it's focused on. And one of the things that I would ask is like, do you think that this is an issue of scale? Like where it's clear that they're trying to scale these series and maybe not as much time is going into each one of these as as the F1 originally was. I mean, the F1... Those episodes are like 24 minutes. I mean, that's like a tight deal. I mean, I guess they're 10 instead of eight. But yeah, maybe. Did they talk about where Colin, do you know, do you know anything about Colin Morikawa's upbringing based on this episode? No. Where's he from? Canada, Southern California. That's only because of I'm a golf fan and I kind of understand the nuts and bolts. Um, Or or what, what, was he from a tough upbringing? I don't know. I think it's probably like middle. I don't think it was well to do or anything like that. I I I get what you're saying. I thought honestly one of the most powerful, the most powerful moments of this entire series, and it was not words, were the images of the dents still in the garage. And here's yeah. Tony Finau still whatever he is, like 35 or I don't know how old he is. I'm sorry, but like we we all know that. We all know that story about him hitting balls against the mattress in his garage. I probably the viewers didn't know. It took a while. They're like, uh, are those? I didn't know if they people are viewers like is that like because they're they're trying to portray this as like a menacing neighborhood, right? And they lean in with that, and then they go to that close up of the dents. I don't know if people, if you didn't know the story, you thought those were like bullets or something, bullet holes that were patched over or something. It took a while for them to explain it. I knew it as soon as I saw it. 
like this story's been in my brain and on paper i think lavner was like the first profile where you really yep. heard this and so that for me like really grabbed me i was like holy shit it's still there that's the same door he's 33 that was a really powerful moment that said a lot but i also knew the background the image matched up with the story i already had in my head so that i thought got into a little bit of where he's from but again i, I like you joseph i already know a lot andy what were you gonna say it seems like you want to jump in i i can't remember what i was gonna say <laughs> but um yeah I, I i mean the the episode to me fell really really flat with morikawa you know he started by saying like i i'm in i'm I play golf because of Tiger Woods. And it was just like, but then we didn't hear at all about his, how he got into golf. Like it just like ended there. And then we had, you know, I did, I appreciated them. Like he gets compared. He's the heir apparent to Tiger Woods. And thankfully, you know, Dylan DeShares right after saying it's unfair to like compare to do that. Yeah, Yeah. Irresponsible to compare. But like, Okay, if we're going to do that, then there needs to be a tie up about like how disappointing the year is because it goes all the way to the end of the major season. How disappointing of a year it was for Colin Morikawa. And there just wasn't it failed. And then it like kind of portrayed him as an asshole. Like, I don't think he came across very well in this show. Like, I I, I, I don't know him. I haven't met him. But like this was like an extremely unflattering uh representation of of a human being in my opinion which hey maybe this is the real like this might be the best you know like this might be real but like i didn't really i thought the episode would have been better if it was just about tony finau yeah and and more wasn't involved at all in it because more was just like this like weird sidecar moments that had no depth in, in, and then the Finau story has a lot of depth. It like I I think it didn't fully you know it, they didn't fully succeed in telling the Tony Finau story. But I did find the wife um, losing his her mother her very like her father and Tony like I think it explained a lot about Tony Finau's year last year. He was awful at the beginning of the year. And that's when he went through this huge adjustment and they didn't explain that at all. It's like Tony Finau played really bad the first half of the year and then like ripped off two wins at the end of the year. And it's just, you know, I think this has been like the constant through line of, of the show is like they could do like, they could take 10 seconds and set up so many things like better if they just provide a little bit more context, because I'm watching this, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just like there's the people covering or putting this together don't haven't covered golf for very long. I don't know. Like, but it just seems like we're missing depth and we're missing like easy things that would contextualize things for regular viewers. I think I think Colin, I agree with you, it came off flat. I think you're going a little too far when you call it like unflattering or as an asshole, because like they did him no favors putting him opposite Fino. Like Fino's not exactly a prick. And his story, I mean, he's obviously a very emotional story. Like anybody's gonna it's gonna be hard to come across like as sympathetic or empathetic as Fino. But it is flat. And I'd say one of the more amusing moments for me 
was they go from his neighborhood that the, with the garage and like him and his father walking down the alleyway, like right from that to a zoomed in image of this sort of lap dog have across two private jet seats and four like booties, like has shoes, socks on its feet. It's like this, it's like quite a jump from, you know, this rundown neighborhood to a, 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 a pampered little lap puppy that's in, in shoes across two private jet planes. So uh, two private seats. So I think it's like hard to be opposite Fino in this one, but he falls flat. It's like, I want to win. I want, it, it feels like he's saying a lot of that stuff on the private jet is like, felt came across a little phony to me. Like, like the, the, the company line of like, I want to win. I want to go up and do it again. I want to win again. And I, and I want to wake up and, and do it again. This, but then he kind of like, you know, at one point it's like, I don't care what everyone else thinks when the season that's before the masters. And that's like, then later on, after we've gotten through all the majors, like, I don't care what everyone else thinks. Um, at one point, I thought one of the most real moments was when he took a lot from a top five at the masters that for one second felt like a genuine moment. And we understand, we don't like, we always try to understand how these elite, elite players, what they get from not wins. And it seemed like he was really buoyed by that top five at the masters in the same way Finau talks about just making that putt to make the cut at the open like that helped him when he got to minnesota and elsewhere so i thought that was an interesting part that was one of the realest moments i felt like to me for boracal but maybe he was trying to rationalize not winning for the show because i thought at some points he came across as a little phony and they are like let's be honest they're making him like the f1 driver like he is this he's doing the tennis ball reflex like exercises he's like they're trying to fine tune him as like this robot, right? This brand automaton with Adidas, with this like this machine doing the reflex work. That's the kind of stuff you see in the F1 show with their drivers. So it was a very different portrayal and it's never going to be kind opposite the Fino one. Yeah, I'll push, I'll push back a little. I, I agree with you, Brendan, both that I think he's, I think Colin was a victim of the scripting of this episode and it, I, I don't think he came across as poorly I guess Andy, as you do, from wh- when I have been around Colin Morikawa, he is like maniacal in his focus, and that is true. Like he's rehearsing shots in between swings. Like he is ultra focused, and I think that came through. And when he's very particular about things, like the glove he tries the on glove. in the episode, yeah. doesn't like it. And then when they ask him about which outfit he wants to wear, and he says, "That's not my style. That's your style." Like I do think that's kind of how Colin is wired very particular but not insincere i don't think he's a jerk at all like i I just i think he was a victim of the way that they cast that's what i'm saying i don't think they did him any favors agree i agree with that there were people trying to do him favors with the tiger comparisons like are people comparing him to tiger i know we do the iron player like he's one of the great iron players but and he's won two majors in an astounding play he's lifted and separated from his class Wolf Hovland, that whole deal. Like, but are there like a lot of like he's the next Tiger Woods comparisons? That was like a real line that was thrown out there. I, I don't I don't want heard? to spend a lot of time on this. Like, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about why he's not. I mean, like Tiger Woods. No, I'm not saying the, that, but do you guys the, hear that? No. I think it's no, I think it's about think, as sincere of a storyline as is Tony Finau distracted by his family traveling with him. I don't hear that either. So I think these are all drummed up storylines to, to manufacture an episode that didn't need this through line. My favorite part of the the Tony Finau, his family's like bring him down part was Foley's quote. 
Yeah. I thought he like put that to bed right away after yeah. they had tried to set it up and make it this story. Foley's like, if Tony's not getting it done, Tony's not getting it done. Not his circumstance or situation are not getting it done. Tony's not. He has infinite wisdom and he knows why he's here and what he's doing. I was like, that's it, right? It's not, yeah. go ahead. I have, two, I have two notes written down. And I said, like, I, I, and one of my notes is like, I didn't, if people were saying, like, I didn't hear anybody last year talking about Tony traveling with his fr- family being a distraction. No. I know he got off to a bad start, point. but like, I like, no, I heard nothing of this. I was, I was on the grounds at a bunch of majors and, you know, didn't hear anybody ever utter that word, uh, those words. And then I have the other note to your point. Sean Foley, the voice of reason with his commentary in this episode. So is it oversimplifying like what it need what you need to be to to be an elite champion? Like it's not a monolith. Like not like Jack Nicholas had a bunch of kids. He figured it out. And Colin Morikawa is a certain way. He's figured it out. I just it felt like they were oversimplifying like you have to be incredibly selfish and you have to do cer- certain things a certain way to be the elite in this sport. I think they tried to find something to, to tie the players together. Go ahead, Andy. I took away like that. This, this actually showcases how different golfers can be. Right. Um, that, uh, that was something that I took away that I think is good for the casual viewer is that these are two elite players that live and lead way different lives. And there isn't one magic formula behind it. And I loved I did love the part where Morikawa was talking about how like how he would like, you know, the organization, the selfishness mm-hmm. and like if he had kids like what I, he wouldn't know how to function. And then you have Finau who like, you know, I think that's the that that aspect of the show did work for me. I think I took that away, um, you know, like I, I like that. But at the same time, I did think that like. This probably should have just been a Tony Finau episode because there was so much more there. And if you're not trying to create this, this, the juxtaposition, this works really well in other episodes, you know, showing different types of characters. If you don't try and create that here and it was just a solo Finau episode, I think it would have delivered. You make a great point. Like Colin Morikawa is worthy of following for this show, but like last year, maybe wasn't the year to do it but if you did it the story they told wasn't the story to tell right it should have been more about the frustrations and and i don't know the weight of winning too early on and things like that that's i i have written down this it was at one point in the episode one of my notes was like two golfers not living up to expect expectations you know right like uh, unlike any of the other episodes really we saw like guys just going to majors and not doing well Something that does live up to expectations is the Proctor hoodie from B. Dratty. We have a sponsor has come in for Full Swing Thoughts. And it's one of our oldest, best friends here at the Fried Egg. That is uh, B. Dratty. They've been what? And our, Summit our, Golf. Summit, B. Dratty and Summit Golf brand. Zero restriction. They got zero yeah. restriction also. I'm um, wearing in this, uh, this episode, if you're watching on YouTube, the, t- the Tyson hoodie. The ZR. The, what is this? Russell, Russell Q-Zip. Uh, I'm more of a Proctor hoodie guy recently. I wear it under a vest. It's kind of a lightweight hoodie. It's got a half zip. Um, they've got new colors, I think, white. 
and sort of a royal blue. I, there's a fancier term. I think it's Coltrane. But look, they've been friends of the program, supporters of, supporters of the fried egg from literally like day one, earliest days. Not maybe not the first sponsor, but one of the earliest sponsors. Uh, and they've come in to help support this full swing thoughts um, experiment. I don't know project. You would say. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing stuff with them throughout the year. If you go to bdraddy.com or Zero Restriction, you know the brands, you know their apparel. If you're in this podcast, you're in golf, you know it. Uh, you use the promo code TFE25, you get 25% off at both sites, zerorestriction.com or bdraddy. I would highly recommend the Proctor hoodie for, do you call it shoulder season? Is that what it is? Going from like, we're getting well, out you, of winter in, into it's fake spring. It was 65 if you live in California. Today. You can wear it every day. You know, it gets cold at night. Uh, I love this Tyson hoodie too. You I wear it all the time. I, you I do. wear it. You are always in that thing. Well, it's super comfortable. It's, I know. it's what I like about it is it keeps me warm when it's cold, but it's not too heavy for when it warms up. You know, in a day. So yeah, yeah I do wear this a lot. Um, I uh, like this hoodie. So go ahead. Use the promo code TFE25 at ZeroRestriction.com, BJ.com. Support them for supporting us. Help us kind of work through this, this project, which we think is, has been really worth our time. All right. Let's continue on with other thoughts. Joseph, what, what do you got? It looks like you want to Yeah, jump so in. I have tons of notes, but I think one that I really wanted to call out, like Andy said, you can go 10 seconds deeper on some of this stuff and add a lot of context. That would be super helpful. Two notes on Tony Finau that I think they really whiffed on telling the story of Tony Finau. He was a late bloomer and he's 33 and he only had a couple wins on tour, doesn't have any majors yet. They didn't set that up. All they said was he's only won a couple times on tour. Like they didn't even mention his age, which I think is a huge part of the Tony Finau story. Like he's got five more years probably of great golf, five, six years, 20, 25 more majors to try and rack one up. Like they didn't get into that. And I think that was a big miss. The other thing that I could not believe they didn't go into more detail on was when they said that his mom died and his son was born the next day. And I looked it up. I had to look it up myself. That's his oldest son. So that that's his first child being born the day after his mom died. They didn't go into that at all. They glossed right over it. I was like, what, what an unbelievable life event that your mom dies and then your, your first child is born the next day. That's going to shape the rest of your life that you, you went through those two days back to back. They didn't even ask Tony about it. His wife, wife just mentioned it. Mentioned it. It was like, it was crazy. And then we kind of moved off. But like, how about, how about asking him about it? I mean, that, that feels to me like a huge whiff to, to not go into such a life story like that. I, I thought they got it the impact of his mom's death quite well, though, right? I mean, there's a lot of emotion throughout yeah. this episode from him both on the show like at the pool when he's doing that and then and also most most re- recently with his father-in-law and and on TV getting interviewed after the 3M win I thought they did a fairly good job on the impact his mom his mother's death had on him and how it impacted the first half of his last year right where this first this first of his wife first without his father this and so he kind of golf was not a focus but i thought they started making that like a trite explanation for everything right why he's like doesn't have enough wins why he doesn't have enough majors like they'd made that too trite. maybe it was like the first six months of last year or three but they used it as a trite explanation for everything 
Look, I agree with you. I'm not saying that they should have done more on the family thing and on his mom dying. I'm just saying that when they mentioned his his mom dying and his son being born the next day, I had to look up for myself that that was his first child being born. Like that feels like something that warranted a little bit more depth. Yeah. Uh, one thing that popped up for me while we're on Finau was like, he's good financially. Like he doesn't, it's the opposite of the Poulter thing where he said, it's all relative. Like, well, don't you have enough? And he goes, well, it's all relative. Finau, he's got like a big house in Utah subdivision and he's doing well and he's fine. He does not need to escalate it beyond being good and living quite comfortably. And this isn't to say he's like roughing it, but he's like, financially, I've taken care of them like past tense. Like we're pretty good early in my career. That was not the case. And it's just a contrast with what we just saw with Poulter, where it was like, everything's relative. We, I don't have enough. And, and whereas Finau seems, I, whether that impacts and you could extrapolate that, whether that impacts his drive or on court, I don't think that's the case, but it was a, a different perspective as you, as Andy talked about how players approach things very differently. Yeah, to, to Joseph's point, too, is with the late bloomer stuff with Finau, if you draw that out just a little bit, it also adds to the Morikawa angle, right? Showing that, hey, these are different guys. One guy, like, burst out of the scene as winning majors. The other guy struggled. I loved, I loved the Finau quote of, there was no plan B for me. Golf, my golf was the plan. Like, I thought that was super powerful. Like, this was the only thing I was doing, you know? Why didn't and they I tell us that? You didn't go to college, right? I mean, they, we yeah. didn't talk about that. They don't. That's what I mean. They didn't get into any of these guys' backstories like that. Yeah, go ahead, Andy. Sorry, I just meant the, but the plan B stuff. You could have then said... Yeah, well, that's the just thing. It's like, I know, I know that, but hearing him say that, it just like, you know, but this is the thing. is like, I don't know. I, I, like, you start to begin to question, like, I don't, the depth of, of, the people putting this together on the sport. And I think that could be one of the issues here. Speaking of, do you think like with the Minnesota win, they really portrayed that as like a bunch of haters came out of the woodwork and said, it doesn't like, well, I think you should provide some context. Like we this weren't hating one on of the it. People weren't hating of on the it. Year. Yeah. So it's like, he's an elite talent and you, we can, we like measured someone like him against the best players in the biggest events. And he didn't play against a lot of best players in that event. But yet it was portrayed as like there were naysayers. This whole thing was a false narrative, right? Like Tony Finau wins twice in the in this episode of Netflix and then one more time in the fall after they're done filming. And the message is still like, I don't know if having my family around is a distraction, but I'll live with it. It's like totally false storyline. And we just watched you win multiple times with your family traveling. So this was just <laughs> manufactured. We watched you double your career wins with your family traveling. Right. It didn't make sense. It's a false story. Is, it means everything to me that my kids could watch me fail. Like he's also, but then like also see me win. That's how life is like he's contradicting that whole narrative they set up in the first half. Um, any other Morikawa things? I think we've we've covered him pretty well. Should we hit notes? I mean, is there anything that about the selfish line? I mean, that that's like a Brandle got in there with that stuff about you have to be more selfish. You have to not be or maybe the best person you want to be or a great person to be great at golf. They're just these monolithic. They're making these things like monolithic, like everybody has to be the same way. And I just don't think that's necessarily how it's all defined. 
Uh, we good on Mark? How you guys want to move on to? I, I think your I think your point about like how they felt like they you know you got the access to Morikawa and you feel like you had to use it, but then it just it seems like they didn't want to tell the story that the access would would have provided them this year because yeah. you know it's like the story was that this was a really bad year for a guy that had you know. Nobody would have expected him to be outside the top 10 of the world at the end of the year, you know, after the year before. And, you know, so I think that I don't, I don't, I don't have many more notes. I didn't have a ton of notes on this one. Yeah. Um, I, this, I, I liked the Finau stuff, but I agree that it was like scratching the surface of what it could have been. One note I have that I'd be interested in what, what you guys think about this. Maybe this is just a stupid thought, but. So the next episode is Mito Pereira and uh, Sahith Thagala. One note I had is instead of putting Finau and Morikawa together, which didn't work at all, what if you had done Finau and Mito together and did like the family theme? Because that's a big part of Mito and having the Latin American, like hanging out with Joaquin Neiman and his wife being a support system. And then with Morikawa and Sahith, you do like, the guy who so bursts onto the scene in Morikawa and has immediate success versus Sahith who like struggles to capture his first win. Like what if we paired it that way? I feel like it would have been way better. Any, any thoughts on that? I just, this episode didn't work thematically and I was trying well, to think of how could jump you it You're better. spoiling, you're spoiling yeah. everything on Not really. everybody. Well, he you're just, just jumping ahead. He just said Not the- really, but I mean, is that crazy? Is that a crazy thought? Like this, this episode just clearly didn't work. It is, but you can so clearly see the narrative that they had arranged that one guy has traveling with 10 and one guy's traveling. One guy's like the brand. They're building a brand. This ought like this. They're building brand Colin. And he's just him and his girlfriend and the dog or a fiance maybe at the time. Like I just, they don't even you can tell, that. but that's what they're trying to slap you in the face yeah. with over and over again. Right. And they just probably thought that would be really interesting. The lack of Morikawa stuff. He's like a sidecar. And it's true. just like there's like nothing there. I don't I like it's funny. I I had watched all of these through and I like kind of forgot that he was part of the episode when I was thinking about what's next. Well, and what's, it, then we then I rewatched it and I'm like, yeah, he's like barely part of this. To that point, what actual like golf coverage is in this. It's just that Masters finish, right? For, yeah, for more uh, well, the open and then dropping off the open trophy and, and, and missing the cut. Yeah. Like, if you're going to tell the story of, like, there's zero golf in it or, or storyline. So, uh, other notes, random notes. I thought it was Kalepi, Finau's father wearing jeans in the Augusta clubhouse. I got a kick out of I like that. Just strolling in and jeans. Just, these are the kind of things you notice, right? And and I love it. I love that he walked in. There's the story about the numbers. I don't know that I've ever heard that. The registration numbers, some guys being crazy superstitious about wanting yeah. to always be 38 or whatever. Uh, I thought it was, I think they were trying to push the, the like fiend out with the black security guard there. Like the black security, there was a story they were trying, like a, it was a theme they were trying to, make a thing right the black security we're rooting for you this week tony um i don't know if that was actually what the guy was feeling um there's tiger stuff they tried to tell the story of tiger both at the masters and the open again like Finau watching tiger 
the thing at the beginning in LA. I think they've kind of set Tiger as this through line through a lot of yeah. it because all the golfers have like, you know, it's impossible to tell the modern golfer story without Tiger, right? And I do I think I think that the light use obviously he didn't agree to it, but the light use of him throughout episodes is is a smart like I do think like it's a very concerted like we can't just make every episode a heavy episode because I mean they have Rory coming I don't want you know that's not spoiling like that's another like all of these guys have tiger ties in the sense of like so I think that the way they've done it with tiger is right because it hasn't you could easily overwhelm all of this with tiger stories Mm -hmm. that's fair. on that it did produce one of my favorite tiger anecdotes of the last couple years I think we had if you follow golf, you had probably already seen this story, but Tony Finau talking about how in the final round of the Masters yeah. in 2019, he had a, the one chance he had to talk to Tiger was coming off the 7T, I believe. And he says to him, like, hey, Tiger, how's your family doing? And Tiger's like, they're fine. And then locks back in. Rolls that play. that to me, as Tiger's kind of opened up over the last couple of years and let more people in and like transformed himself a little bit, but on Championship Sunday, he like locks back into that like early 2000s Tiger Woods. I think that's a, a powerful anecdote that will probably resonate with me about Tiger Woods forever. Yeah, that combined with what David Duvall said on live from that morning. What so Duvall said that morning they were making they went around like the table making picks, and he said, "I'm taking Tiger." I I walked past him today, and I just saw the look. I saw it. I saw that look. I haven't seen it in forever. He's been like he, you know, it's it hasn't it hadn't been around for a while, and it was like it, it's cool. Those two things to me tied together really well. Like no having like remembering back to Duval talking about that. It's pretty sweet. It was really yeah. That was a really really cool um, anecdote. Any other odds and ends from this? Joseph, you said you had a bunch. I, I thought the, the stuff about Morikawa's particularity was good. You mentioned the glove, but like the handing the trophy over, the dog and pony show of that, where the camera, the photographers were like, wait, <laughs> can you do it again? We didn't get a good one. They're like, nope, only once. I'm superstitious. Like he's very, very locked in in particular about everything, even that stuff. So that was somewhat insightful, yielding some insight. Anything else you got? We mentioned Scott Piercy. Love that. What else? <laughs> I have one note. Um, Tony talks in there about his son shooting four over, one over, and then 12 over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, it does beg the question, can, can Finau's not close? So that, that's one note <laughs> oh, I have. Come on. You're going after Drace? Come on, Joseph. You could see I the like pain. The- I he like Tony's uh, commentary. Like, it, it, you know, it, it. I think he would be like, like the right type of golf dad, right? Where he's like supportive, but you know, he, he, it's interesting, like how he was like asking, you know, about that the last round, and you know, his wife was like, I, I think he kind of gave up, you know, and he's yeah. and he's disappointed about that, not about the score, just about how he he gave up, and um, it's it. I appreciated the the like moments with those two together. I thought that that worked well, and like you can see, like his son does dress like to dress like him. Like you know, it's cool. It's it's a cool as a as a father. That was neat. He's like, yeah, it was not good. 
not good. 12 over. It, it was, I think he was talking to his agent, like the Wasserman guy. He's not good. Not good. You could tell he was like pain. Like I want to be there, but he's on the other I side. I liked his world. quote about a winner's just a loser who never gave up. That's a great quote. Yep. Yep. And, and watching his, that he loves to see his kids get to watch him fail because that's what life is. You know, we take a bunch of L's, get some W's. Um, yeah, he he, had, he he came across well. I mean, it would have been hard not to. I don't remember him being such a crier in public, but... So that's one note I have. I think one thing it failed to do is touch on some of the really fun parts of Tony Finau. And that's really emerged over the last year or so. He does like the TikTok dances with his wife and like dancing on the way into rounds that have gone viral. It's fun. He also, I believe Tony Finau is the one that's responsible for having the idea that when players walk from the parking lot into the clubhouse, they've started filming them on the PJ oh, really? Tour and putting that out, like NBA players do. He's like behind when they walk that? Into... I believe that was Finau's idea, okay. and he wanted to make it like a cooler thing, and he wears interesting outfits on the way in from the parking lot. Like I think this episode did miss some of Tony Finau's flair. Well, here's my question. I like So Finau, I think, was extraordinarily interesting in this episode it just to me seems like they didn't have enough time to get to everything yeah that's good point. now like one of our favorite episodes in in this series was joel damon a singular focus on one of the most captivating and deep individuals on the pga tour and i think tony finau is in that same bucket of people and he just deserved a full episode. If you take Colin Morikawa's 15, I think he probably was about 15 minutes of this episode. If you mm-hmm. took that and devoted it to Finau, how much better would this episode have been? Good, good, good point. Yep. Good point. And, and I, I agree with that. And also, did the title don't get or don't get bitter, just get better? Get better. Did that even apply? Like especially to Morikawa, did that even? I, I don't think that title even fit what the theme of the episode was. So I'm with no. you that they could have just done a whole Finau one instead of crowbarring Morikawa in and manufacturing some of these storylines. Yeah. I, just, I also want to just point out, I don't think he was like, his crying was very well justified for a reason, right? That, was, that wasn't a critique. I just don't recall him being an emotional figure like a stricker or so. And when we see that repeatedly. Um, any other like final thoughts on like, well, A, do you have grades for this episode? Andy, Joseph, you guys have... Uh, it's, it's probably like a C for me. That's right about where I have it. I think it's like a C, but I still liked it because of the players. I think the, the episode was bad, but yeah, still got Fino, something from it. Fino pushed it upwards for me, probably to B. Where are you guys at Like with the series? We're at like basically the 54-hole mark now um, with two to go. Where, where, like, Not big, big takeaways, but where are you guys at with this series? Go ahead, Andy. I've, uh, I mean, I've enjoyed the series. I like them. Um, I think each episode, I, I take away a lot of stuff, which is what I was looking for. Um, I don't think it's like a complete out of the ballpark success. Like this isn't, you know, when you talk about like the great sports documentaries uh, and docu series, this doesn't rank with those because it's just it's missing a lot of context. Like I think the depth on, on which, you know, you're going, you you're devoting 40 minutes to people. You know, I think they just are missing too much and not providing enough context on some of these guys for the casual. I think where it's failing more so is for the casual view, viewer than the diehard because they're, there's way they're assuming way too much knowledge on some of these guys and miss 
and it, missing some of the, you know, I like I thought watching the show, I was going to be a little bit bored with basic details of players that I knew. And it's been the opposite where like they're we're just breezing past things that are of extreme note. Good point. Joseph, where are you at right now? I don't have a lot to add. Andy kind of just said the way that I'm feeling about it. And it took me six episodes to actually crystallize those thoughts. Don't think it's particularly good docu-series, but I'm still enjoying it because it's adding some context to the guys that we follow week in and week out. But I think Mm -hmm. like some of the editorial decisions, honestly, are not good. And missing some of the things on Finau in particular, right? Like didn't go to college, like was a late bloomer. How do we not talk about that? So that's where I've landed. Pretty similar to Andy. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, I I, I would agree. Like, it's weird. I'm enjoying it, of course, right? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to click to the next episode. I feel like every time one ends, I've learned something or there was a portion that I found edifying. But it's not popping. It's not popping off the page. It's not. It's not. It's just given what happened last year, given some of the characters, it's not popping yet for me. Andy, do you think that they... You mentioned that scale thing. What do you, what do you mean by that? You think they did this to like bag another season, keep it going, or try to bag the casual fan? What do you mean by like you think they're trying to scale it? I'm saying that they're they're producing so many of these across different sports. Okay. I got okay, gotcha. Right, gotcha. Like if you're doing one of these, like they're they they just put the tennis one out. Yeah, they just put you know. There's another season of Drive to Survive, like. I think like the one of the things is like, you know, it seems like they're, you know, they're trying to do a lot of these at once. And it seems to me that these are things that need a lot of time, you know, to do. And obviously I'm not, you know, I haven't ever done one of these. I don't want to like, like this is a lot of people like to lob grenades. Like I, you know, I saw a comment like, I can't believe it's taken so long for this to get released when they announced that it was oh, being released. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, like to, let me know, let me know your your credentials and if if you could get this turned around faster and better, like, you know, I'll I'll hire you. But uh but yeah, I mean like a perfect example of Fina, they didn't even mention he was on big break. Him good, and his brother. It's a good recall. That <laughs> like would that's good footage. That would have been I good know, footage. that's great footage. It's, you know, and, and like they, that's the thing about Tony Finau. He's got all these different, like he, he was on big break and now he's one of the, what, 15 best players in the world. Think about that. He was on a reality TV show about making it in the, on the PGA tour with his brother. And, and you just don't even mention that. Good point. Go ahead, Jeff. One thought I had, and maybe I'm, I'm trying too hard here. It could be cheesy, but. I think one thing that's really cool about golf is that in a tournament, you have 156 players and the storylines emerge themselves. Like a couple guys are going and have are in contention going into Sunday and that's the story and it's cool. When you pick the players ahead of time, like they did to film, then you have to like manufacture the stories afterwards and you are subject to what you filmed that year. And so with like Morikawa, Maybe there wasn't a whole lot of content to go off of, but you're almost like contractually obligated to to make hit, to throw him in an episode. And I think this show would work better, not practical, if you filmed 20 guys for the year and you picked five of them to do an episode on one of them each based on what happened in the year. It's like kind of a structural issue, but that's not yeah. really a critique of Netflix. It's almost like a practical consideration. 
and you obviously have the pressures of of play big time players agencies being like hey man you spent x we let you have this access right. where are we in the show it's a big deal that's that's a yeah hard like if if more coward had just gotten bounced from the series do they get another shot like do they do they get another shot next year like if they say hey we didn't really get anything that's worth putting on. And I think this is like the tough thing to do in the content business is to just say like, we can't do anything. We didn't get anything. Nobody likes to hear that. You know, somebody pitches you a story. I don't think this is a story, right? Like if you go that, like it'd be hard to go to Morikawa's camp and get like, I, there would be, I'm guarantee some angst that if they weren't in it. I agree. But I think if you were to do this on the NBA, you could pick eight players and kind of know they're going to be relevant for the year or F one. There's a limited number of drivers. Golf is just hard to do. And you're going to pick a guy who doesn't have an eventful year. And I think as Netflix renews this for another season, maybe another season, that's something to keep in mind that it it doesn't work perfectly for that reason. I mean, like Rory was a late ad, right? I know because they had just, yeah, crossed paths so much. And he became such a big part, like a bigger part than you could have even envisioned. Obviously, you know, he's an alpha at the start of the year, but nobody could have envisioned the year that he would have as a figure. And so how how do you get uh, while we're here? And I don't want to draw this out any longer, really. You're fine. I I, I thought of this question. I like these big picture thoughts. As we're as we're getting here, how do you feel about how Liv has been portrayed? Um, Bad. Yeah, I just, it was the entire story last year, right? I mean, not live itself, but that I battle. I don't know and, how it hasn't been asked in every single one of these, how this hasn't been like at least a little part of all of these episodes. I did see like a lot of reviews are framing it that way. Like Brendan Quinn of The Athletic was like, they took a big gamble, like not making it more about live i think i saw another one like they're risking or they took a gamble not making it more about live now now that you say it andy they picked last year to film they hit an all-time jackpot with how controversial golf was and live was and we're not even getting we're not getting any of it so Nothing. now that you say it i'm like i'm almost outraged like wait a minute yeah you're right we're, we're almost all the way through this thing and the only live content is about ian poulter and like a little dj like what there should have been way more. You could do an entire episode about guys talking shit about each other, which we never yeah. get in golf, right? And like beef, what's beef? And and get them talking about the stuff we haven't heard. Like here's in press conferences or tweets, right? You, they're, they're already juiced up and at each other's throat. And we could have had a segment or half an episode about that. I don't know. Yeah. But. It could be cool to document guys' thoughts over time, right? You ask him at, at the Genesis, what do you think about Liv? And sure. think this guy's going. And then by the end of yeah. the year, see what, what about the, They were filming at the Genesis when all this fell apart and there's been nothing from it. I haven't gone ahead. Is the Genesis is the only stuff from LA? The the clinic for that with that Finau and Champ and Foley are at at the beginning? Or is there little Neiman? Little seven? bit of Neiman. Okay. All right. That does it. Episode six. We have seven and eight to go. Uh, thank you guys for your support and listening. Full swing thoughts. We'll be back with a, a recap review of episode seven. We'll see. Maybe more positive. We'll see. We've got two more, two more episodes to go. Talk to you then.